0: Hello! Welcome to the show. I'm the host of it, Jeff, and we're going to talk about some creepypastas. Now, if you don't know what creepypastas are, why are you listening? I don't understand how you would have found this show. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe you listened to Seeing Reddit, or... I actually just uh, recently, this will date this show for precisely one listener who I don't even know actually listens. Um, I just had someone message me on Twitter to say that uh, they had listened to someone's PC... And did not know, despite the fact that we were Twitter friends, that I was the host of that show. (laughs) They had just searched Pokemon on iTunes, subscribed to a Pokemon podcast, because it sounded interesting. And then they got to the very last episode where uh, we all give our Twitter handles and... um, Uh, they were like, Oh, I know that guy, hold on a second uh so that's fun for me. um <laughs> that show people didn't really listen to it, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. People do listen to this one because they go on iTunes and search creepy pasta so. What we're going to talk about today is what is more uh, of an old urban legend even than it is a creepypasta. Uh, it is called the Fallout 3 Number Station. I don't know why I put a space between fall and out. It's one word, Fallout. <laughs> uh, Fallout 3 Number Station is one of those classic, uh, there's a spooky thing in a video game creepypastas, but it's not structured, like, narratively, it's just an explanation, uh, like the style that you would find about how to unlock Luigi in Super Mario 64. So I have guests with me to talk about it, you've heard them giggling throughout. (laughs) Please welcome brand new to the show. Uh the people who suggested it. Um actually I guess Philomena, you suggested uh Fallout Three Number station. Philomena Young? Yep. Or Philomena?
1: Philomena. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Philomena.
0: Mm. I uh, live in New York City now, so I'm used to seeing any um, vaguely Spanish-looking names and pronouncing them in a Spanish way, there's, but that is not always correct.
1: There's no way to guess. Don't worry about it. Phonetics are awful. Yeah. They're the worst.
0: Yep. <laughs> oh well uh, and this nice anglo name is going to be nice for me also <laughs> welcome olivia hill
2: hey
0: and you pronounced are... that correctly there's, there's, yeah. no, there's no message uh, at all yep. Nailed it. that was that well that one was uh not so much a challenge because <laughs> i watched a lot of law and order special victims unit oh there you go. Oh, yeah the yeah. lead characters named oh. Ol- olivia Anyway, um, Philomena, can you please walk me through the Fallout 3 numbers station?
1: Um, Can we swap that? Is that okay?
0: Yes, that's fine. Okay,
1: I took the notes on the other one, so...
0: Okay, Olivia, please walk us through the Fallout 3 numbers station.
2: (laughs) Okay, so the basic premise is that... There is a radio station that can replace Galaxy News Radio, which is the primary radio station in Fallout 3. Um, there's a slightly convoluted series of things that you have to do to get this to happen. Um, the first tip, which is that you have to kill 3Dog, uh, who is the radio DJ in the game. You have to do it before extending the Galaxy News Radio radio signal, which is a part of the main quest of the game. And you have to destroy Raven Rock, which is one of the in-game locations. Um, you do have to destroy that as a part of the process as well. Um Then you get this signal. There may be some other steps involved, but the signal is a radio, uh, number station, just like you would expect from any other number station if you've heard them. Uh, strings of numbers, occasional interspersing of other sounds and voices and things. Um, The number station in this story is a station that occasionally drops uh, military time dates and times of things that either happened or ostensibly will happen. And it's weird things like it predicted Gary Coleman's death. I think that was one of them right? and there is a whole series of these other so-called predictions that sort of get lumped in here and these are all things that happened after the release of Fallout 3 or after the development of Fallout 3 Um, the last one is sort of one of those, like, maybe it's the end of the world, right. like, I'm going to kill myself, you know, goodbye, cruel world type things. So that's, that's how the last one goes. And it um, I can't remember the exact date, but it's like, I think 20 years from now or something. Yeah. Um, and the, um, yeah, the,
0: the, the last message, um. Says that it's not preceded by a string of numbers. Oh, but oh yeah. That the, the latest date on any of the messages is 127 July 6th, 2027, which will be, I believe, the year that we'll, we'll receive Fallout 3 uh, 20th Anniversary Edition HD Remix.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because
0: um, yes. that game came out in 2007.
1: Right? <laughs> Maybe that's it. Is that a is that a Gosh. date significant in the Fallout universe?
2: Twenty twenty seven. Yeah. Uh, no, twenty seventy seven oh, yeah. is important, but... twenty seventy seven. Hmm. I guess
1: that.
0: Was... Yeah, yeah. That's when the the bombs drop, right? Yeah. Twenty seventy six, and then twenty seventy seven is when people come out. Yeah. So that would, would be like that. Um,
2: fifty years before.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. It's, um, well, interesting might be the wrong word. Uh, Philomena, how did you come across this story?
1: Um, so I'm an avid listener rather than reader of creepypastas, which I know makes me scum. But, um, I listen to a lot of creepypastas while I'm, like, doing real work or other things. And it was just one that popped up and then I sort of started chasing video game ones because, you know, we, we work with video games, we make video games. so like what the undercurrent, what the unart culture presents as video game horror, was very interesting to me. Um, it's not well done, but there's a, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of parts of it that like if you wanted to do this or you wanted to examine it from an analytical side, like there's a lot of stuff that's like check marks on a list or like big red X's, like please don't ever do this again. So I found it fascinating <laughs> in that way.
0: Yeah, it's interesting for me. Fallout 3 is not a game I'm very familiar with. Sure. It's a game that I've probably started playing five times, but I don't get very far because everything is the same color of green, brown, <laughs> and, um, it does not hold up necessarily to a modern eye over mm. a decade later. Uh, but you know I this made me want to go dip back in yeah. um, just just so that maybe it would be more meaningful. I feel like it does a good job of and this is why it seems more like a story than just some cheat codes on a forum. It does a good job contextualizing what all of these fallout things mean,
1: right. Um, uh,
0: it affect it, it does a good job explaining like um, who three dog is and why this radio station is important.
1: Right right. I think when you're writing a creepy pasta of a video game, you have two choices. You can either write it for people who don't play the game, or you can write it for people who do play the game. And, like, you know, you have to decide where your audience is. If you're writing specifically for people who very much know your game, you can get away with being very insider baseball. I think this does a pretty good job of being for people who haven't necessarily played the game in any great detail, because it does contextualize it, as you were saying.
0: Yeah. Uh, Olivia, what is your experience with the creepypasta genre, and uh, more generally with Fallout 3?
2: I don't have very much with creepypastas. At least, uh, mostly it's um, Philomena telling me I should listen to this thing, and then I listen to it, and then usually groan. Um, <laughs> some of them. That's a
0: Reasonable I, reaction to most of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Um, it's it's a lot like um, when I look to her and I say, "Oh, here's this terrible political figure on Twitter and some stupid thing that they said." Uh, it's sort of her version of that. Yeah. Um, mm, right. <laughs> it's revenge. <laughs> but I am I am very very familiar with Fallout Three. Like I. I know the fallout series very very well um i have a lot of friends who have worked on the series and um i also have broken down the game very much like i've dug into the the files and the mod scene and stuff like that so i know the game way more than a person should
1: so this number station is not in there no no <laughs> no.
2: No. no it's absolutely not, not even not. a little bit <laughs>
0: It's the kind of thing that seems believable until it gets to the supernatural part at the end. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just want to combine both of your interests real quick to get this thought out of my brain. Ben Shapiro, creepypasta. Oh, oh my no. god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just saying it is enough, I think. Please I think no. that itself is a horror story.
1: Yesterday,
2: um, I saw someone tweet a picture of him, and he's aging rapidly.
1: Mm, it's yeah, really that scary. that happens to
0: right-wing political figures. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, you know, no judgment on... A person's appearance. Everybody looks the way they look, but like the shot, the picture made it look like his rubber mask was coming off. It was a shame.
0: If you if you look at a picture of Alex Jones from like 2002 when he was in his yes early 30s, because he is only like 46 years old. Oh uh, my god! Uh, um, he does not look nearly as like a miserable balloon that's about to pop. Mm. Um, and that's not uh, me judging him for um, being fat, because he's not particularly fat, no. and so I'm fat, and I don't think that you should judge fat people. Yeah. Um, it's me judging the fact that he looks like he's holding his breath and has been for a decade. Yeah. He's just like like, boiling over, and I think that he really typifies what that kind of hatred does to your body. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. It's, like, tensing up every muscle all the time, yeah. f- no matter what, for no reason.
2: Well, his um, soul is
0: trying to get out, and he's gotta keep it in. <laughs> yeah, he's gotta stuff it in there with red meat. <laughs> uh, and vitamin supplements. Gorilla brain pills. Or is that that other guy? That's the other guy, yeah. Uh, They're all bad. Hey, fun fact. Did you know Ben Shapiro is Mara Wilson's cousin? Oh my god, I had no idea. Does she know? Yeah. Uh I, she probably has people pointing that out to her on Twitter oh, no. all the time. It's on both of their Wikipedia pages. That must be awful. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that must be a very
2: interesting Thanksgiving. <laughs> he is the well, embodiment I, sure... of that of uh, that meme, like who you talk to at your Thanksgiving dinner.
1: Oh my God, he is.
2: Yeah,
0: he's probably already been disowned by his family, though, right? I, I can't imagine so. that. I can't imagine that being a right-wing pundit goes over very very well in, like, a Jewish family, because of how anti-Semitic the right wing is.
1: Yeah, i have
2: to assume that, just, like, to have faith in humanity.
1: Right, let's hope.
2: Yeah.
0: Anyway, (laughs) I... Fallout.
1: It's topical. Go ahead. So there there are number stations in the game.
2: Um, There's something like a number station.
1: Right. There's some weird, like, towers that if you run across them, there's somebody reading numbers... Huh. I've considered
0: covering the number station phenomenon on this show as a topic, but it's so big and there's no answer that I never really did. Um, So this is good that we're getting into it here. (laughs) I... I th- I also actually included uh, Numbers Station at the end of several episodes early in the run when I was more, uh, I would say, enthusiastic about building some kind of pointless mystery into the show. Sure. Um, but uh, I've stopped doing that because nobody was participating. <laughs> um, and also because it was a lot of work and oh, I didn't yeah. feel like figuring out where it should oh. all lead. Mm. Uh, but anyway, Numbers Stations are... Um, if you don't know, listener, it's literally just, actually, I can play one on my phone here. Yeah. Um, uh, what I should do is insert it into the episode. Um, you know what? I will do that. In sure. fact, I will mark down the time. I'm going to start this recording at, uh, now. <laughs> And that, uh, dear listener, is a numbers station. It is the EO three Lincolnshire Poacher Interval Signal, in followed by a coded transmission of five numbers zero two five eight eight. Um yeah. that is like, no one really knows what they are. They go over shortwave radio, and uh, they are believed to be um, coded messages for intelligence officers operating in foreign countries, um, but they are not... Um, nobody knows what they are or what they do. Um, the first known use was during World War One, and Wikipedia notes that possibly... See, there's a lot of this possibly or allegedly on right. here. Possibly the first listener was Archduke Anton of Austria. Um, I guess he took over for Archduke Ferdinand, uh, the guy who got killed that started World War I, um, or I should say, the guy whose assassination started World War One. Uh-huh. He didn't start it and then get killed, which is sort of how I worded it before. <laughs> anyway, um, that is a thing. Um, it's interesting that uh, back then the numbers were transmitted during in Morse code, and then obviously, of course, it happened all through... Um, the Cold War. Uh, I want to know more about this Lincolnshire poacher. Um, do either of you have any sort of... I I don't want to say opinion or have you do have interest in this type of unsolved mystery?
1: Absolutely. Yes. Yes.
2: Very, very much so.
1: (laughs) So, so fun fact about the piece that you just played for us and presumably the audience. uh, If you've ever seen a mom out somewhere with like her kids are kind of running around and she's got that thousand yards, thousand yard stare and like she's kind of out of control, but like there's nothing she can do about it right now. That sound is what's playing in her head.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh. The It is a, um, uh, what's it called? It's a a folk tune. Yeah. English folk song, Mm -hmm. The Lincolnshire Poacher. Yeah. Um, it says it, (laughs) Wikipedia notes that it deals with the joys of poaching. Yay! (laughs) Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I clicked through to poaching, and it is the definition that you would expect, um, when you
2: hunt animals illegally.
1: (laughs) Like hmm. the whole
2: story of Robin Hood, right? Right,
1: when you steal from the rich and give to your family. That's good. Now, see, <laughs> it
0: was, was he literally... I always assumed that he was, like, robbing carriages of their gold coins. Not that he was just going on to a rich person's hunting grounds and hunting off-season game. That's much less exciting as far as a fun
2: adventure story goes. I think it was both. Well, whenever you have a... Because he was originally mostly a poacher, at least most of those stories. So... When you have a big community of people and you're not allowed hunting wherever you want, poaching becomes a lot more exciting right, right.
1: necessary
0: Yeah now I also was under the <sighs> assumption that um, he lived a very exciting city life with vague steampunk elements because <laughs> a lot of movies seem to think that that is how Robin Hood should be uh, boy
1: And he was clean and he had very nice teeth.
0: And uh yeah probably you know, yeah. not. Little con- John was played by Academy Award nominee Jamie Foxx. I don't think he won. <laughs> no. Uh, for Maybe, Ray, though. I think he was just nominated. Uh, oh, is he nominated for? In I don't think I don't remember. <laughs> Listen, none of this matters.
2: No, <laughs> um, we're very
0: far off. Boy, when you are on the Robin Hood um, Wikipedia page and portrayed by comes up, it is a full phone screen, a uh, list of actors, <laughs> and for oh, yeah. some reason, Taron Egerton is in the middle of it, like <laughs> between Russell Crowe and Carrie Elwes. I don't understand <laughs> My own that. Own uh, hmm. Yeah, which one? Oh, Carrie Ellis. Carrie
1: oh, Ellis.
0: Okay, well, that's fine. Uh, I don't have a particular favorite Robin Hood. Um, I guess Kevin Costner by default because I'm pretty <laughs> sure I saw that one when I was a kid. I did um, too. Yeah, that was the one for a while. Now oh, and voiced by head. is then three more. Is there a song associated with um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? Kissed by a Rose, right? Yeah,
1: Kissed by a... No, no, no. That that was was Batman. Batman.
0: That's Batman Forever. There
1: There was a song from that... Oh, what was, was it? Ah, oh, no, no, it was like one of those like beautiful, um, overdone ballads that like you 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 do the slow dance at the junior high school dance to yeah. and cry to yourself. Like I mean,
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe the I'm second pre- autocomplete was Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves song. So ah. uh, everything I do, I do it for yes. you. That's the one. Yeah, by Brian um, Adams. Yeah,
1: It's not a good ah, song. Boy. boy, it lives in That's... Your head. that's-
0: I didn't know that that was from that movie. I've heard that song before as one of those schmaltzy uh, mm-hmm. ballads. Mm, don't like that. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Anyway, that's not what this is about at all. Uh, I'm interested in this whole, uh, I would say mid, no, it definitely started like in the 90s before we had the internet. I guess I'm surprised that a um, game secret code thing like this actually went on, like that came out for a game this late.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't know. Go ahead. Sorry. So I feel like um, a lot of the internet is about recapturing a feeling that you got when you were younger, so yes. it's very logical to me that like a slightly more modern creepypasta writer remembers something that felt good, like you know, finding out about a secret in Pokemon, and wanting to bring that feeling back to the game that they're playing right now. I have that instinct. There are occasional times when I'm playing a modern video game and go, hmm, you know what would be cool? If I could write a creepypasta now, I'm not going to do it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I... What What's interesting, though, is they chose a game that does have a lot of creepy, weird secrets, uh-huh. and they were like, ooh, but it has one more. Because um, the people making games now are people who remember, like, oh, what if you could push the truck to get Mew, or right. what if you could unlock Luigi, or all of these things. Um, or even older ones, like uh, The Minus World and The Whistle, which were real ones, but hard to attain. Obtain? hard to do um so like it's now they're designing with that in mind so if you're like "Ooh, i wonder if there's a secret on top of that building in new donk city you can just go there and there is a secret it's a moon and you have an extra moon now (laughs) good job you've taken super mario on this odyssey to discover that there are no magic places in the world (laughs) um but it's like developers are designing around that to the point where um I do What I do find interesting is this story, and I'm you can hear I'm putting the quotes in there as verbally as <laughs> I can, uh, actually has a numbered list of the things you need to do to activate this glitch. Right. But then it absolutely steps back afterward and be like, but it doesn't work all the time, so there must be some other steps people don't know about. Come on.
1: I, I do like that the narrator goes on and says, but you can playtest this and get back to me on if it worked out for you. Which I think is that yeah. interesting, like, pretend Audience engagement thing that you're supposed
0: to do. Yeah, for this type of creepy pasta, for sure, it's got to have that pretend audience engagement. No sleep stories have that. Yeah, some of the older, the older um, haunted video game ones, like Ben Drowned, uh, definitely has that. Um, actually, I guess just Ben Drowned because Pokemon Creepy Black was. Um, Pretty not, close. like, posted on... Yeah, that that kind of went... Uh, yeah, that was all one piece and just went on, like, a, a X or something. It was not like a... Then Drowned was, like, in a web forum. So... Um, there's some weird things in here that I'm not sure what they're referencing. So, uh, mundane and comical, yes, okay. Watch the car today, maybe Chinese for dinner. That would be a funny message to have in Fallout 3. Yeah. But the other example is, have you watched my YouTube video yet? I uploaded myself kicking bums in the nuts. Which is one really grim yep. and two really weirdly specific it almost seems like it's a specific reference to
1: something Logan Paul yeah well no <laughs> he
2: predicted Logan Paul
1: no no there was a period there was a period early on on the internet it, I don't know timelines are weird but I remember a period when I was younger on the internet where like bum fights was a thing
0: yeah and I don't know that oh, you it's could... a thing again now oh, it it's thing? more it's uh it's not b- bum fights as much as like schoolyard brawls um I just got done teaching a semester of eighth grade and... um, Bless you. Yeah, (laughs) thank you. Their favorite thing to do uh, was watch either Fortnite videos or videos of teenagers getting in fistfights. (sighs) Um, Which is, uh, you know, grim. My world's on fire. How about yours, teens? Uh, And it's anyway this I guess is in that category it just seems like yeah almost like a reference to a specific person like Logan Paul or something but mm-hmm. I don't think I don't I I guess I mean the other issue is I'm pretty sure this story was posted first in like 2008 mm-hmm. like like right after Fallout 3 came out because I think it makes some reference to the game having uh come out about a year ago right mm-hmm.
1: yeah I I don't know like I, I it for me it puts it in a ton Time in and the internet, when you could upload that kind of thing on YouTube, now YouTube would, of yeah. course, probably delete that sort of thing. Yeah. So it sets this whole story in a in a window of time. And It
2: definitely me. dates the prediction. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, the I wish it had. There's an issue with writing a story like this, where you're like this. Th- it predicted the future um because there's already a prediction in here that hasn't come true yeah um which is that queen elizabeth would die on march 19th 2014 right she didn't she's right. still alive now um if i probably by the time you're hearing this fully five years after that prediction uh, was supposed to come to pass mm-hmm.
1: um with her golden I get, oh, piano right her stolen golden yeah. piano
0: <laughs> wait i don't know about this tell me oh uh-huh.
1: So, there's this video which she put out where she was telling the British people to, like, suck it up and, you know, stuff is hard, we get it, deal with it. Um, Really, really tone deaf, kind of like, you just pull yourself up by your bootstraps.
2: Let the meat cake shit. Yeah,
1: and she's sitting in a room with, like, yeah. $1,000 curtains behind her, and to her right is a stolen, solid gold, or not solid gold, but a, a stolen golden piano from Osama Bin Laden's palace. Oh so like definitely great. she's feeling the austerity there. You yeah. Know? <laughs> but,
0: boy. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like anytime people are like, oh, but this this opulently rich person, um, is much better about, uh, (laughs) wealth inequality than their predecessor. It's like,
1: mm, no, No. people
0: talk about the, people like to talk about the, the current Pope being pretty good. And it's like, yeah, I guess he's good for a Pope, but he does still live in a big castle full of priceless artifacts (laughs) that he, um, you know, hoards, uh, and by hoarding them makes people die on purpose. So... He is certainly uh, you know,
2: woke not, uh, by, or by like 1950s standards, right? Like-
0: uh, yeah, like, I'm, you know, very glad that he's come out and said things like, um, gay people and abortions are probably fine. Mm-hmm. Um, in, I mean, he's, you know, was very wishy-washy about the circumstances in which <laughs> these things would be fine. Mm-hmm. Talking about how you should teach evolution, though, that was pretty good. But, you know, again... He is still the head of a, a like sex trafficking machine, right, and, yes. lives big, and lives in a big lives in a big palace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I don't like that so much. No. Sorry, this episode got you know kind of <laughs> dark, kind of quick. Um, it's about I should Google Fallout Three to see specifically what year it came out. I thought it was two thousand seven. Uh, this story takes place in twenty ten because it said that's the date on the Gary Coleman death, ah. and they refer to that as being recent. So this story was likely posted in. 2010. Right. Um, the game came out October 28th, 2008. So it actually just passed its 10th anniversary this uh-huh. past uh, fall. Um, and this creepy pasta being posted in 2010 sort of changes it for me. I thought it was earlier that mm. like this game came out in 2007 and this was posted like 2007 or 2008. 2010 feels much different to me.
1: Hmm.
2: I don't know why. Um how does that strike you? Well, it's it is a little later and a lot happened between like 2008 and 2010, right? Like mm-hmm. I mean the the internet changed a lot in that period. Mm-hmm. So I think that Yeah, this game came out during the Bush administration. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I feel old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but yeah, yeah, I think that there's there were a lot of changes that sort of put it in a different context. Uh, in instead of being something that, we, if timely, is kind of cool, mm-hmm. later on, it's like reaching back. Mm. It's not really, it's not really doing a lot. But it sort of plays into the meta interest of number stations, right? Yeah, because the like so the going theory with number stations is that currently most of them exist to waste time like the mm. the the going theory amongst people who listen to number stations and that sort of thing is that intelligence agencies aren't transmitting anything important over them they're trying to keep intelligence agents busy <laughs> Yeah. okay yeah. wait enemy intelligence yeah, 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 yeah. trying yeah. to decode it okay because if I for example yeah. the Russians are playing a number station over America then America has to dedicate intelligence agents 24-7 to listening to that yeah and so it's
1: basically international trolling like yeah
2: it's, it's international trolling yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. that makes sense it does huh and there's sort of an irony to these sort of number station stories mm. because ultimately they're playing into that
1: yeah Look at how much of our time this one's wasted. You know? <laughs> yeah,
2: tell me about it. Like you, you have uh, to really dig into it like that, and it's it's it is a huge investment of time mm-hmm. that doesn't really pay off. Mm. And
0: there's uh, kind of like doing a podcast about the worst form of media. <laughs> mm.
1: No, you you are chronicling a form of outsider art, and that's valuable. <laughs> It is important. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, That's wow. That's I keep telling myself. That's right. No, it's um,
1: very valuable to say. These are untrained, non-classical writers, and so what they're doing is important, and how it influences... Ah, never mind. Whatever. <laughs> you do good work. <laughs> well, I, I,
0: I agree. Uh, thank you. I like <laughs> to... Um, I am very interested in taking um, something that was created as pop art, or even less than pop art. Yeah. Something that was just created to entertain a friend of yours on AOL Instant Messenger and treating it like literature and analyzing it like literature and tearing it apart like (laughs) literature. Um, It's just, it's so much more interesting to me than just reading it or just celebrating it. Or, uh, I mean, I guess I am celebrating in a way because I'm saying it's like... It's meaningful. It's reflective of a certain time. Mm -hmm. The whole thing that we've been talking about here is the way in which this creepypasta is very reflective of the time in which it came out, uh, and video game culture in general. We didn't even touch on the fact that they chose Fallout 3, a game about Cold War paranoia uh, causing the end of the world, to write their numbers station creepypasta. It's pretty Very good choice. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's almost too on the nose, which is, I guess, why it's somewhat believable until it gets into the future prediction stuff. Um, I feel like if they didn't put in, um, the, queen elizabeth's death date um and i mean britney spears winning an oscar that one is still in the future that could still happen i guess four <laughs> years from now um but if they didn't put in the queen Elizabeth death date there would not really be an expiration for this people mm. could still be debating
1: it yeah well I think I feel like there's either two ways you could go with that either you leave it less specific um as is or you try to tell a story with those future dates like not an overt story but like one of those if you put all of these together oh this is telling us a secondary narrative about the end of the world within this story um yeah but that would have taken a lot more planning than I think anybody puts into these which is fine yeah
0: yeah I uh, which is fine is a good um (coughs) keyword for this uh, whole podcast in yeah. general, it's like we're going to tear apart these stories, but it's fine that these people didn't put in more effort to it. They didn't yeah. have to. They don't owe us that. Right? Um, yeah, this story is not that good, which is fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> any? Do we have any final thoughts before we move into uh, spookiest parts and then end the show? Yeah, I, I think
2: that there's something to be considered for this. The um, the sequel Fallout Four and the more recent sequel Fallout 76, they both have. Radio stations that are used as sort of fact finding devices no that's true um you, you can pick up radio stations that are garbled and odd mm. that will tell you things about the world. It's much more specific it like literally just leads you to a location mm-hmm. and you can find some nice fun environmental storytelling like there's a good one in Fallout four where you pick it up um and you follow a series of these little shortwave radio stations and you get to a um a train car that's full of like bodies mm-hmm. it's a family that was trying to survive and they just didn't make it but the reward for this is a story And I think that that's, um, that's interesting. There's, I wonder if the creators of the game had any sort of influence from stories like this. Mm. Because people wanted there to be things like number stations. And you could argue that, you know, maybe the creators had the same impulses and just decided, Hey, I want to see this thing in the game. Or they saw the fan community talking about things like this number station story. And they wanted to sort of answer that conversation
1: Mm -hmm, maybe
0: yeah there was a actually response from uh bethesda they said uh interesting idea but there's no truth to it (laughs) so there's um, mechanically no truth to it it can't happen the way that the game works yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. uh it was just uh it's interesting that it like it reached them yeah so they do know they did know about it it's entirely possible that it influenced future design decisions um I have not played any of the Fallouts beyond 3, which I already mentioned I didn't play much of. (laughs) But do any of them lean a little harder into um, any spooky conspiracy or horror elements um, besides, you know, including weird radio stuff? Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, In fact, Fallout 76... um, has about, I think it's like eight cryptids. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Mothman's. In yeah, there. Mothman, the Flatwood Monster, the Grafton Monster. There's a whole bunch of them. And most of them are hard to find. And you pick them up through, um, there's like magazines and, um, radio, radio, radio shows. Yeah, there's radio dramas mm. that you listen to. And they tell you the story of these cryptids. And they give you hints on how you can go out and find them. Um, so they definitely jump deep into that. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. I like that.
1: There's uh, a there's a part in Fallout 4 where you're going through this abandoned building, and it's really well-done horror in that, like, it's all about the sounds uh-huh. that are happening. Like, you, you hear a noise from the room next to you, and you instinctively go in there to shoot something, because it's a first-person shooter. Um, but when you go in there, there's nothing. Or there's just some spooky tree. Or, like like, it's just... It's surprisingly well done for a game where you run around with a gun in your face, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, I do. I do like that. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's it's very interesting to me. The because it would be scary. The end of the world would be a scary thing mm-hmm. to have happen. So the fact that a lot of end of the world stuff doesn't make it horror is feels like a missed opportunity yeah. mm-hmm. um doing like an action story or whatever <sighs> with um with th- a nuclear apocalypse is just like uh, come on uh even something like The Terminator, there's horror in it, but the horror is the fact that a robot is following her. It's not the fact that, it's not the fact that it's a robot from a destroyed post-apocalyptic future. Uh, and then Terminator 2 eliminates most uh, of the horror elements entirely. There's like a couple scenes that are more cool than they are actually spooky, and that's about it. Um, it's just like, I don't know. There is a lot of post apocalypse horror, but I feel like there could be more. Um, I would expect something like, uh, Fallout, especially with the name Fallout and with the Brotherhood of Steel helmet being sort of the logo on every cover.
1: Uh,
0: and that's a very spooky design for those, for these to be straight up horror games, and they're not, but people have found horror in them and that's uh-huh. interesting to me.
1: Well, I think, So, a couple of years ago, I wrote a game um, that I refer to as um, Optimistic Post-Apocalyptic. Because the the idea with with Fallout, a reading you can take from Fallout, and a reading that you can take from Terminator, is that, okay, the end of the world happened, but there's still some people around. And we're pulling together, and we're doing our best. And, like, that's... I don't know. That's to me that's uplifting. That's the thing I like to see because I, you know, I'm terrified that, you know, I've brought children into a world where that's going to get blown up any minute now. Um, And so the idea that like, "Mm, but, you know, if we persist, if we still exist, hey, it's not all bad. if there are still teddy bears. Um. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, See, I I, I like for that reason, the video game Horizon Zero Dawn.
1: We haven't
0: played that yet. It's console exclusive. um, Yeah, that's the issue with it. (laughs) Unless you've got a PlayStation 4, you can't play it. Um, But it definitely, it's like... It's that genre of post post apocalypse. Like the people who are alive currently in the society don't remember the post apocalyptic times. Yeah. they just are like we're the you know second or third generation of a new society that doesn't remember the old world at all. And when we find uh, rel- rel- relics of it, we don't know what they are even a little bit. Right. <laughs> um, and that is a very interesting place for me. I would be um, actually kind of interested to see a Fallout that dealt with that. I guess. Fallout four sort of deals with that, right? You're like a hundred years past the end? More than two hundred, actually. Yes. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So that that definitely gets into some of it. Yeah. I don't then, think it has um,
1: enough of the loss of um, understanding though. Like it's not as disconnected yeah. from the past as it should be, to me.
2: Now I want to see yeah. a Fallout style um Little Mermaid.
1: You have to Yeah, exactly. Wait, 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 wait,
2: what? Well, I'm thinking about oh, the orcs, well, the the look at the stuff, isn't stuff? it
1: neat? Yeah, okay, thank you.
2: Yeah. Oh <laughs> Yeah, you want
0: um, Three Dog to look at a microphone and be like, what is this dinglehopper? I've never seen it before. (laughs) Not still know how to broadcast radio signals. Right, Um, right,
1: right.
0: All right, let's get into spookiest parts. Uh, Whichever of you would like to go first. You are both in the same room as one another, so you can decide amongst yourselves without my involvement at all, I think.
1: Well, in Japanese tradition, we rock, paper, scissors, and I won, so... Um, so this was a very of a moment for me, and I'm very good at putting myself into a headspace. So when I was listening to this, maybe the first or second time, the part where the, writer, the, the narrator is describing actually finding the appropriate signal. And they describe, you get a thing on your screen that says, signal lost, and then signal found. Now that is something that happens in the game pretty regularly, because the game is about extending the radio signal for the betterment of whoever's left or whatever. And so, like, that was very familiar, a very familiar experience. So I could very much put myself in a moment of seeing signal lost, seeing signal found, and then getting a spooky signal instead of the signal that I was expecting. So, like, I I put myself there and I could feel it, I guess.
0: Yeah, anytime I think a computer screen tells you that it's found something, it's immediately frightening. You're
1: right. (laughs) It totally is.
2: Olivia, how about you? So this is going to sound so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When I first heard it... Um, my, the first thing that happened was, is that my, my sort of game designer brain kicked in. Uh, there's a bit where it says you can hear the station in the DC area and you can also hear it on top of Raven rock mm-hmm. and possibly 10 tower.
1: Right.
2: And the reader or the reader, the, um, the okay. writer says, narrator says that, you know, you can test this out. He's not sure about the 10 tower thing. Mm-hmm. um, So, my game design brain immediately kicks on, and I'm thinking, that's not the way that the radio stations work, uh, because they're all attached to a single circle that it is um, not height-dependent in Fallout 3. Mm. So there's this area where you can hear a given radio station. Usually it encompasses the whole map. For Galaxy News Radio, it's smaller. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't really work the way that they described. And immediately I start thinking, but wait, what if everything that I understood about this system is wrong? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> And, and it really upset me. So I, I downloaded the game and I start looking <laughs> into the, the, the source files and I start looking into the construction kit. And I'm trying to figure out ways that that would work without just like completely replicating the station, mm. um, which is, you know, also complicated. It, <laughs> the, the, the game is an unstable mess. <laughs>
1: Uh, Uh, so that obsessive behavior is where creepypasta like you're now a creepypasta hero congratulations
2: (laughs) so I could have seen digging into that even further and getting obsessed and I literally (laughs) got like upset by this (laughs) I had to put it down So, uh, the radio stations definitely do work in a circle and not a sphere, though? Um, No, it's um, a cylinder, basically, Mm. that exists. um, Mm. In Fallout 4, they turned it into a circle, or or, sorry, a ball, a sphere. Mm. Um, In Fallout 4, it's just a cylinder that. Or three. Yeah, the numbers are jumbling together. (laughs) In Fallout 3, it's a cylinder, it's not height dependent. Um, it goes out as far as you want it to go from a central location, and that's it. The system it can't really handle very complex geometry uh, because it's already handling too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's kind of a bloated mess, <laughs> and if you had like height dependency and stuff like that, I, it it would fall apart. It already kind of falls apart as is. Right, right, right.
0: So yeah, yeah. Um. I really liked the part where people started getting banned in the forums for <laughs> posting references to the number station That's and delightful. from the wiki. Yeah. Because um, that made it seem like, uh, it. well, one, it gave you a reason why you're not seeing about this in all of your Fallout web forums when yes. you're reading it. Um, so it adds a believability factor to it. And also it makes it seem like, oh, it's real, and Bethesda doesn't want you to know about
1: it. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Um so that that part was I I think particularly effective for this type of story. Yeah, um, good
1: for similitude, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Verisimilitude. I haven't said that word in a while. Oh, it's my favorite. Um, I, yeah, I say it a, I I use that word a lot because it's important for specifically creepy pastas. Yeah, because they have to be a specific type of believable that is best described as verisimilitude.
1: Right, you've got to um, hide that lie between two truths, or it just doesn't work.
0: Exactly. Um, anyway, uh, let's get into plugs.
2: Okay.
1: Okay. You go for it. Yeah. Okay.
2: Okay. Sure. 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 Oh gosh. Uh, this is March. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe um, February. Yeah, not February. Not sure. Maybe February. Okay. So I write books, like I'm a novelist and a game designer, and um, I currently am working on a game based on a series of novels I'm doing. That is um, a, a game about gig hunt, or sorry, monster hunting in the gig economy. It's like um, Love it. Buffy the Vampire Slayer meets Uber, mm-hmm. and
1: it's a little cynical.
2: Yeah, it's a little Cynical. A little cynical. <laughs> it's basically about how millennials are poor yeah. and they have to put their lives on the line in order to make ends meet and it's called I Hunt, um, and there's a novel series, and the game should be coming
1: out sometime after this. Yeah, question mark, question mark.
2: You know what, I listen
0: to the podcast, um, I don't even own a television, which is like this or the Flophouse, but for books, mm-hmm. um, and I'm in one of their Facebook groups, and somebody brought up the idea of, what if monster hunting in the gig economy, and I believe that they linked to your book as Ooh. someone being like, no, that's already been written. <laughs> Um, I I was waiting for you to say the title and I'm pretty sure that that was it unless someone else
2: has a book named I Hunt There's a podcast podcast called The Bubble that's got a similar premise but I haven't seen another novel
1: Yeah
2: yeah, I knew
0: Bubble was one, and I'm surprised nobody brought it up in that thread. I have not listened to the rest of the show Bubble, but I did listen to the Dead Authors podcast reading of the television pilot for <laughs> Bubble. I don't know why I said television like that. Um, anyway, yeah, it's it's you know obviously eventually we, we would get to Task Rabbit, but Buffy works for it. Yeah, um, that that is a natural extension, I think, of where the world is right now. Yeah, um, so good. Good on you for, you know, digging into it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh,
1: and you can find Philomena. out more about that at machineage.tokyo. Yeah. That's where all our behind-the-scenes stuff is for the making of the books, and a tabletop role-playing game to go along with it.
0: Oh, fun. Yeah. Oh, that would be a... That's... I would say that would be... That is a very good idea for a... um tabletop game uh because you have built in right there why there's a party and yeah. a class system f- works yeah
1: yeah perfect yeah. you should check out our stuff uh, and come play it with us sometime
0: <laughs> i didn't know that dot tokyo was a top level domain do you know I'm glad to know
1: honestly i only knew about it because you introduced the idea of dot fun
0: oh. and in fact our landing
1: page for the game itself is i hunt dot fun because of you so thanks <laughs>
0: You're welcome. Uh, well, we I have funtimes.online dot online oh, and coolmemes.biz. dot biz. <laughs> Dot fun might be one. I know dot horse and dot pizza are both options, <laughs> so dot fun doesn't seem too far off. Mm. Uh, it, it's really started exploding lately. You can get dot ninja. Um, <laughs> which you know maybe as um, as gaijin in the land of Japan you would not necessarily want to have <laughs> dot ninja be your top level domain but dot Tokyo seems much more uh, culturally sensitive
1: it's, it's pretty um, urbane too it feels very like oh oh dot dot big city nice
0: oh I see you're too good for dot Osaka
1: that's right yeah
0: <laughs> um, Anyway, you can find me in all the usual places, like the websites I just mentioned, or weaponizedlanguage.com. You can email me, jeff at funtimes.online. You can um, go join the Facebook group, Creepy Podsta Fan Group on Facebook, where uh, lots of people hang out and talk about different stories or movie trailers. Um, Oh, it's March now. Is us out in theaters? Uh, Go see it if it is. Um, What else? Uh, I guess... Avengers Endgame is coming up. Go see that. It's not really relevant. I just want to make sure everybody's going to the movies because uh, it's a fun thing to do. Get that AMC Stubbs A-List Uh, go to the movies by yourself. You don't need to go with other people. It's better to go by yourself, because then if you're going on a crowded opening night, you can just sit in between two groups of people when there's one seat open that no one wants to sit in, and get a better seat that way. Anyway, that is all there is to say about this show, and I I have to fill this air real quick while I bring back up the final line that I wanted to say. I've navigated away from it, but I really want to get back to it. I'm still at Machine Teenage. Tokyo. Uh, I wanted to look at that website on my phone. Uh, here we go. I'm loading back up the Creepypasta Wikia <laughs> with Fallout 3 Numbers Station, and I'm scrolling down to... here it is. You may be saying, but wait, YouTube doesn't exist in the Fallout universe. And you are right. <laughs> <laughs>